Hi, and welcome to the Stefan Levera podcast focused on Bitcoin and Austrian economics. Today, we are closing out the BTC Pay Server series with Britt Kelly. But first, let me introduce the sponsors of the podcast. So firstly, check out Kraken. Over my years in Bitcoin, I've been really impressed with the way they operate. They have a really, really strong focus on security, and they have consistently acted ethically in the space. They're one of the longest standing Bitcoin exchanges. They're consistently rated the best. They have a high quality platform. They offer some of the best liquidity possible in the industry. They've got high trading volume and low fees with no minimum or hidden fees. Kraken also have 24 seven support and on the institutional and business solutions side, they offer the highest available API rate limits. There is also a Kraken OTC desk. Kraken offer five fiat currencies and they also offer margin and futures trading. To learn more and sign up, go to the Kraken link in the show notes. Next up, Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital are a Bitcoin financial services company and they're offering a really cool two of three keys multi-signature vault product. You can use Trezor or Ledger. You still maintain control with your two keys and Unchained Capital can be that third key co-signer if you need that. And multi-signature helps protect you against the proverbial $5 wrench attack as you can distribute your keys across multiple locations. If you create an Unchained Capital vault, you also get three free months of access to Safety Inamus's Bitcoin Standard Research Bulletin. Unchained also offer Bitcoin collateralized loans, so you can get USD liquidity without selling your Bitcoins, and this could be more tax efficient for you as a hodler. So while that loan's outstanding, it's stored in collaborative custody with Unchained. So for more details on that, go to the Unchained Capital link in the show notes. So on to the episode with Britt Kelly from the BTC Pay Server team. Britt is particularly well known for her work on the documentation and translation components of BTC Pay Server. I hope you enjoy this interview. Britt, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm really keen to talk to you about how you got into Bitcoin and how you got into BTC Pay Server because I've seen you've been doing some really impressive stuff. Let's hear a little of your story. Uh, well, I think the way I got into Bitcoin in general is pretty standard. I mean, for an American, like I didn't have any traumatic life events happen. It was just one of those things where like I felt like I was kind of like getting left behind or whatever. <laughs> so um, I kind of got into like you know, Bitcoin Twitter from Vortex and it's kind of looking at what he was posting and he ended up posting something about like a developer seminar um, that he was doing with Nicholas. And I looked into BTC pay server and I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like what's the catch? You know, I think that's what everybody thinks. Um, so I kind of, decided, well, I'm not really a developer, but maybe I should check out this developer seminar that they were doing on NBitcoin. And so my plan was kind of like fly under the radar and like sit in the back and like no one would know that I wasn't a developer. And it kind of was a bummer because like I got there and only two other people signed up, which is crazy. So they're like, yeah, come to the front. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> they're going to know. <laughs> um, so it was like kind of, uh, I don't want to say traumatic, but it was super cool. Like uh, we like did some development stuff with like HD wallets and BTC pay server and just uh, some end Bitcoin stuff. And luckily I had like kind of a decent understanding of Bitcoin at the time. So even though I wasn't really a developer, I still like kind of knew what's going on. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into uh, Bitcoin. Once I went to that, I was like fully in, you know. <laughs> Great. So about what time was this? Oh, that was just like last year, like last August, I think. Yeah, so not too long ago. I was just kind of sitting on the sidelines of Bitcoin before that, um, you know. Cool. So I presume then after meeting Nicola and then that was how you got into BTC Pay Server and started going down that path? Yeah. And to be honest, it all started because Vortex posted a tweet that was like, hey, um, you should just come to this seminar, watch some tutorials online about C Sharp. It's not that hard to learn. So that's what I did. I just watched some like developer tutorials and then I went to the seminar and the rest is history. So were you already doing some low-level development or you just fully learned it all just then? <laughs> well, I mean, I went to school to be an electrical engineer. Um, so I like 
did a little bit of development before, but there was always like a lot of tears involved. Um, and so at this seminar, it was kind of like one of my first personal development, uh, you know, embarkments. <laughs> so uh, it was cool. I literally downloaded like Visual Studio like an hour before the developer seminar. So if you can imagine like how scary that was when no one was really there, I was like, oh no, I can't sit in the back and hide. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then going to BTC Pay Server now, what was your interest there and what were you doing there when you first got started? Oh, um, well, actually, so Pav Linux posted this article like build an e-commerce store with BTC Pay, and I and he's like, if anybody wants to review my article, um, let me know. And I was like, oh, I gotta do this tutorial because otherwise, like, I thought at the time I was like, BTC is really pay BTC Pay is really taking off. Like, if I don't do this tutorial, like, I'm gonna get left behind. And so I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And um, it worked fine. Like I made an e-commerce, my first e-commerce store, like my first WordPress website, like the whole thing just to set up a BTC pay. So it was so cool. But it was funny because like I corrected all these like spelling errors that he had and he like didn't change any of them. I was like, Pav, come on. Why'd you ask for my help? <laughs> but either way, like I ended up making a website, but like, you know, he's my friend, so I got to give him crap for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then, so what was next for you in BTC PayServer? Oh, so then after that, um, I kind of was, you know, hanging out in the chats, kind of just like lurking around, like wishing I knew answers to anyone's questions, but I really didn't. I was just like, I, I, you know, I started BTC pay like server. I have an instance, but I didn't really know anything about it. And someone asked about doing a translation and I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I should do that. And, um, I speak some Spanish, so I was thinking like, oh, I should do the Spanish translation of the invoice. And I went to go do it and it was already done. So I was like, damn it. Like, <laughs> how am I supposed to contribute to this project, right? Um, but I know a lot of people that speak uh, different languages and like my family has a language school. And so I contacted some uh, non, like, you know, native English speakers about doing like a translation project for... Um, at the time I just said like for helping me with my website, you know, I wasn't sure if they were all like really interested in Bitcoin. Um, and then like, I ended up telling them like, that's what it's for. And they were like, so excited. They like, you know, they were like, oh, wow, I can't believe I'm contributing to this. So I was like, yeah, but basically did kind of like a project management thing of like getting translations, um, for the invoice page and putting them in the code repository, um, but the problem was that like the way it was set up, it was kind of like a lot of versioning of the languages. Like we didn't really have like a good translation set up. And so at the time I kind of felt like I was like making more problems for Nicholas and Cux and Rockstar Star because it was like all these languages, you know, getting added and, you know, each time like the source code changes, you kind of need to update the language. And so like some were left behind and not getting updated and then I don't know who suggested it, but I think like maybe Nicholas or Pav like, suggested using TransFX like Bitcoin Core Repository does. And it was so funny because like Cux is trying to like help me set it up and he's like, you know, telling me something. And at the time I was like, I don't even know what a JSON is. Like I can't do any of this stuff, you know, it's kind of funny, but um, I definitely learned a lot. And he, Cux is like the one that I think did most of the implementation of like TransFX, which is what we use now for um, the language. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about TransFX? What is it? How does that work? Yeah. So um, just like Bitcoin Core uses it too, uh, you can have your source code on GitHub, but then it also will... Um, take translations from this website called TransFX. And so then users can go there and translate uh, software without having to like make pull requests and have a GitHub and have your own like fork of the repository and all this stuff. Like you can just go to a website and like the, the lines that you need to translate just like show up. Um, and you just translate, press enter. It's super easy. Um, and then Nicholas like developed some cool tooling. So it like pulls it automatically. So that they get updated like really quickly. You don't have to wait like a long time after you do your translation for it to show up in BTC Pay. 
Yeah, this is a great example because it shows that you don't actually have to be a developer to contribute. Yeah. And so there's lots of ways that you have been contributing even without doing direct development. Yeah, the actually kind of funny thing is that I went to like an Andreas like talk before this whole translation idea that I had. And one of his big things was that he was like, look, we got to get more of this Bitcoin stuff like in other languages. Like it cannot all just be in English, like that it's never going to be, you know, the people who need to use it are in other countries other than just English speaking countries. Like if we want, you know, full adoption, we need to get this stuff in more languages. And so that's when I was like, oh, okay, maybe I can try to do that. Because I knew a lot of people like that spoke other languages. And um, I just felt like it needed like some coordination in a way. So yeah, like there's tons of stuff you can do without being a developer. Like that's one of them, Um, you know, documentation too. So let's talk about how you manage that process then of translations. Do you farm it out to certain individuals who you know or is it more just like a volunteer system and then is there some kind of review of that how does it work well now that it's really pretty well set up in transifex it's basically all automated at this point um we update the source code on transifex and then anyone who's been a previous translator can subscribe to any of those changes and they'll get like an alert saying they have new like strings to translate um but basically if someone is not a contributor yet it, it's just open to anyone um i guess a lot of people use transifex kind of in the way that uh pe- some people use github like kind of like doing daily activity and getting like points for it so if you're like a translator you can use transifex kind of as like a um a tool to get like kind of like open source contribution stuff you know um so it's really open to anyone when there's a lot of people for one language, like uh, Spanish, I think has quite a few translators. Um, I think there's a few other languages too. Uh, I usually try to um, sort of give like a little bit of hierarchy in the languages. So like if you've been a contributor for a long time, uh, you can review like the new translators work and like change it or accept or deny, whatever. Um, Cause obviously like I don't speak any, like most of the languages. So I can't really say like who's right and wrong or who's better or not. It's kind of like whether or not you contribute regularly. Right, and how about documentation? Do you want to tell us a little of your involvement in that? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess I kind of just gravitated towards the documentation because um, I'm a huge believer in, in like people taking the initiative to like learn new skills, uh, just cause like, that's how I've been in my career and in my life. Like if you want to do something like you just, it just takes time to do it, but it definitely helps when other people can like give you guidance. And that's one of the nice things about all these open source projects is that people really give a lot of their time and effort, um, and documenting it is like a huge part of that. And I really was inspired by a lot of the documenting that Pavlinix did, um, who's also a BTC Pay contributor. And he's written some great articles. He's made a ton of videos. And I've learned so much from him about like what a lot of things are. And personally, I'm not an expert in a lot of BTC related things like Docker and um, other stuff like that. And so just using it a lot, anytime you learn something, if you can contribute to like the documentation to help someone else, like you might as well just take the time to do it because if if you can teach someone and then they can teach someone and then like we're all learning new stuff just by using this software. Like even if you're not a developer, you can still learn just by using software and like looking up problems. So what are some good examples then uh, for the listener who might not be so familiar with BTC Pay Server? Of just things you can kind of learn from BTC Pay and the documentation? Yeah, so an example might be what what process might get might need to get documented. So the okay, the process of loading up a new store or the process of, you know, installing it. Yeah, definitely. So the thing about BTC Pay documentation is that um because there is so, BTC Pay is really like a big software package. I mean, it's not like huge, 
in terms of like code base, but as far as functionality, you can really do a lot. Like you can have your own store, you can build your own apps, you know, like the point of sale system or crowdfunding app. Um, but you can also do a lot of things like ri- use Ride the Lightning and other Lightning services. You can use your full node that's included with BTC Pay to connect to other services. Um, there's just really quite a lot you can do. And documenting some of the features is super important. Like my favorite feature personally is payment requests. I think it's one of the biggest underrated features of BTC Pay um, that Cooks developed. It's basically long-lived invoices. So if someone needs to pay you, um, you can send them an invoice and they can pay it later on. So instead of sending someone just like an address or a QR code, um, you can actually send someone an invoice or just like a link essentially, and they can open that later and it will use like the current conversion rates. You don't have to do this like back and forth of like, what's the price now? What was the price then? Like it will just keep automatically updating to like the price now. And it's really a cool feature, but kind of underrated. So documenting stuff like that, where it's kind of like BTC pay software, like nerdy stuff, but I think it's really cool and really helpful for people just like documenting it. So people can say, see like, Oh, I don't need to have an e-commerce store for this to be helpful. Um, another good example is like, uh, you can make a tips link page, just like a single page with like a tips button um, for your Twitter or whatever, uh, you can do that with BTC Pay in about five minutes. Uh, it's super easy. And it's just a simple point of sale system with just one button. And so I think a lot of people um, would use that if they knew how easy it was to make. So it's just, you know, getting getting things out there in a way that isn't so scary. Like it's really easy. You don't need to be like, having a full-fledged e-commerce store to use so many of the services. Some of that may be a generational gap as well. I notice sometimes, a quick example, even when I'm trying to teach my parents something, they might be a bit more afraid that they're going to break it. Whereas with some of these things, it's more like you just have to play around with them until you get comfortable with how to do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that some UX development in terms of BTC pay could be a little bit helpful. Um, I think that it's definitely kind of geared towards people who are used to using like e-commerce software or like um, even more Bitcoin related software. Like you have to set up your wallet. And if you're not really like familiar with Bitcoin, I, I think that's kind of a confusing process. Like I need to get in, you know, X pub key and I need to put that into this. And then I need to like check my addresses. If I do that, then my, then everything is set up. Like that's kind of the major thing that you need to do. And it, I think that's definitely a, a kind of abstract concept. If you're really not used to using any like Bitcoin e-commerce, you know, tools. Uh, but we are trying to um, work on like a startup wizard uh, for new users. Um, it's been something that we've been talking about for a long time of like how we can make it be a little bit more just like clicking through instead of like, you know, deploying this whole thing and then having to know what to do with it. Right. Because right now it might be seen like hardcore Bitcoiners know what BTC pay server is. They may not have used it, but if their friend who wants to set up a store came to ask them, they could probably figure it out just because they sort of understand Bitcoin, they know what an XPUB is, that kind of thing. But I suppose for us, for those of us who are trying to help more and more newbies come in, then it's a question of how do they get the right resource? If you're not a Bitcoiner, if you're just trying to set up your own shop to take Bitcoin payment, how do they learn? Yeah, um, definitely creating like a, the um, Git book. I don't know if you've ever seen like our documentation that's kind of been transferred into the Git book uh, webpage. I think making more like traditional front facing documentation is a lot better for uh, users who aren't super techie. I think GitHub's kind of a scary place if you're not really a developer or even like a 
kind of tech person. I, I don't think regular users should ever have to go to GitHub, to be honest. Um, I think that's like a little intimidating. So stuff like that. So tell us a little bit about Gitbook and why that's different. Sure. Yeah. Um, it just looks like a, more like a regular website. Like everything is, you know, kind of behind the scenes on GitHub, but it comes through onto this website that looks like a regular website and, you know, it's colorful. It doesn't have like view the readme repo doc, something, something, (laughs) you know, it's a lot more smooth and looks a lot more similar to what people are expecting when you look up documentation and you think like, is this real or is this like a scam or something like I think the like sim- more similar your documentation can be um, and your resources for the software, the better uh, off you'll be at having like people want to accept it as like something legitimate, like a legitimate operation. Right, because it looks a little bit professional. There's you know a few images. There's a bit of a color scheme that's yeah. aligned with the normal BTC Pay Server website. So just for the listeners, this is where if you go to docs.btcpayserver.org, correct? Correct. Yeah, and so if you go through there, you can see up the top they've got use case, walkthrough, getting started, BTC Pay versus other processes, and try it out. Do you want to just talk to some of those and how that might help uh, a new merchant get started? Sure. Uh, we try to do the documentation in a way that um, gives kind of like calls to action. So we have like, you know, choosing the deployment method. That's kind of the first step. Um, once you're ready to get started, but the basics, uh, is shown there. And that's kind of like, why should I choose BTC pay or like, what are the use cases? How does it work? Um, even just trying it out, like you don't have to deploy a server. I know that like BTC pay server sounds like you need to like buy a server and put it in a server rack or something like that's not true at all. You can just use demo servers that are, um, that BTC Pay offers, and you can visit those there, and you can see just like the services, what it's like. You can test the interfaces. You can create a crowdfunding app and see how everything is. Um, but then below that, it's kind of like the calls to action about like how do you deploy it, and then once you've deployed it, what can you do with it? And then there's sections for integrations, like how can I connect it to my e-commerce site if I have one? Like if you have a WordPress website, it's it's really easy. Um, there's a PTC pay WooCommerce plugin and yeah, there's also stuff on development too. BTC pay is really good if you're interested in Bitcoin development or even sort of like application development. Um, it's definitely, um, something that's good for learning because there's like a really good testing environment. You know, you can run it in testnet or on reg test and, We've been trying to improve our development documentation. Um, If anyone out there has any suggestions or checks it out and wants more info related to how you can get started developing uh, with BTC Pay, definitely come in the chat, which is our Mattermost chat. And there's links to all of our chats on the docs.btcpayserver.org. But Um, I'm super interested in like mentoring anyone who wants to get into development because I've learned a lot from the BTC pay contributors myself. And so I definitely am willing to help anyone else, even if you just need help, like getting your BTC pay server, like repository set up or your GitHub, like anything like that. Um, Just come in the chat, which by the way, our Mattermost chat is really fun. Uh, If you just like hanging out with Bitcoiners and talking about BTC pay, like definitely come and join. Fantastic. Tell us a little bit about what you've learned over this time that you've been a contributor. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned is um, it's really important to just like stick with it. Like um, once I kind of finished doing like the translation stuff and that became automated, it was kind of like, well, I guess there isn't, you know, I guess I'm kind of done contributing to this project or like, I don't know what else I can do or something like that. But Personally, I just think you really need to be kind of resilient in um, your open source contributions. But that's just a personal philosophy that I have that like um, contributing to open source, like what is kind of like a return on your investment. Uh, But I definitely think just sticking with it and, um, you know, being like kind of a reliable resource to a project 
if you're looking for something to do, um, pick a project, get involved, and lots of things will happen because of it. I definitely am a firm believer in that. And it's one of the biggest things I've learned from contributing to BTC Pay. Awesome. Let's talk about BTC Pay Server and the community around it. What's your experience been you know, being a part of that and helping grow that? Uh, well, personally, I like to really try hard to sort of create a community environment with BTC Pay. I mean, everyone's doing that naturally, but uh, since I'm not really like a hardcore developer, uh, part of what my contribution is, at least from my perspective, is really trying to make sure that the community is inclusive and when new members come in, welcoming them. And a lot of times new members will come and ask a lot of the same questions. And, um, you know, just taking a deep breath and welcoming them and suggesting to read the documentation, um, I think is really helpful for the community, especially a lot of like, I mean, if you think like Nicholas has been like .NET fanboy of the universe for like a million years. And so <laughs> like if he's getting all these newbie questions, you know, forever, I think he probably might go crazy. So like I definitely try to, um, you know, make sort of like an inclusive environment for new people, especially just because like they've been super welcoming to me and, and helped me get involved. And so like I want to return that favor. Um, but also as a community, like we're all really good friends and, you know, we all basically, I don't want, we don't spend time together because we work, you know, remote in chats and stuff, but we're definitely all like really supportive of each other. And um, we're really excited when anyone, you know, contributes something that, you know, obviously took a lot of time and effort. And it's really exciting for everyone because like, you know, we, we all feel like we're kind of a part of the BTC pay team, even if you're just like a merchant. Um, and that the BTC pay team is huge. Like, if you're in the Mattermost chat or you're in the Slack chat, or even if you're in the Telegram chat, like we're all kind of connected to each other and it's just a really fun time. That's awesome. Britt, I want to hear about some of your experiences just as a female working in the team as well. So were people welcoming? Did you get constructive feedback? Yeah, definitely. Um, basically... Ever since I went to that seminar with Nicholas and Vortex, like I just knew that like the community was really respectful. Um, even going to that and having basically like zero developer experience and like it was a developer seminar, you know, like I definitely could have felt awkward. Like they could have been like left me behind and, you know, were like, hey, you'll catch up at after the seminar or something. It wasn't like that at all. Like they waited and made sure that everyone had, you know, every step of the way and everyone understood. And that's kind of how it's been with BTC Pay as well, is that, you know, if I ask someone a question like Rockstar, or sometimes even like I'll make a pull request and and Nicholas will comment and say like, you know, that's not really an efficient way to solve that problem or something in the code. Like I'm just trying to solve it. Like, you know, I'm just doing my best. And, and so I can't figure it out. Rockstar will, you know, make a better solution. And so we're all here to help each other. And I definitely feel like everyone is really respectful. And to be honest, like, I know there's a lot of um, people in sort of like, you know, the cryptocurrency space in general that have this idea that like, oh, there's so many men, it's not diverse. And I just think that, you know, I'm lucky to come from a place where I don't feel that being a woman is a disadvantage. And I don't think everyone has that. So it's kind of relative to my perspective. But as far as my experience, I think that like, if you find yourself in an environment where you're the diversity, like that highlights your strengths. So wherever you stand out, what makes you different from everyone else, like those are your strengths and you should like capitalize on those. And so being women in cryptocurrency, like, or Bitcoin in general is like such an opportunity, you know, there's a lot of your skills that other people don't have. So that's kind of my whole philosophy on the diversity thing is that I think it's, it's an opportunity for a lot of people. Um, but in terms of BTC pay, yeah, like everyone's been so respectful to me and they basically don't treat, they don't treat me any different. You know, we all make fun of each other and give each other a hard time. It's great. 
uh, would you say, uh, I, I don't know whether you've uh, gone to any Ethereum meetups or anything like that. Was your sense of it that Ethereum was more welcoming to females? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if I'm really like qualified to answer <laughs> how the the lady ether um, people are feeling, but I do. I did go to an Ethereum meetup kind of by accident once. I tried to go to like an Andreas uh, meetup here where I live, and it was kind of funny because everyone had like these colorful shirts on and these like little bracelets and. And I knew right away that like something was off. Like I went in and it was like such a young crowd. Like normally Bitcoin, you know, meetups kind of like a little older crowd. And I, I was like one of the oldest people there. I was like, oh, wow. Um, so something was off. And yeah, they kept saying like, are you going to the, they kept saying like, are you going to East Denver? Are you going to East Denver? I was like, eat, eat Denver? Like what? I couldn't understand them. <laughs> Um, and then I figured that there was like, a, apparently there's a huge Ethereum conference. Um, I said no, uh, <laughs> but once they kind of figured out that I was like a little bit of an insurgent, like they were pretty nice, you know, they were like telling me some st- stuff about like uh, some crazy stuff about Ethereum that like, I, I, ne- I don't know anything about Ethereum and it's just really interesting. So they were pretty welcoming to me too, for sure. Um, they had a lot of questions about Nicholas mostly. They're like, what's it like to work with Nicholas? I'm like, I don't know. Like he's on the internet. It's like, it's how we all are. Um, so I think in general, in a lot of tech environments that I've been a part of, um, I've had a great experience to be honest. Yeah, that's great. Uh, what about this idea of, you know, people online, we speak of, many people speak of Bitcoin as a meritocratic culture do you see any sort of contrast or alignment with the inclusivity idea there? Yeah, I think it kind of depends um, on your perspective of whether or not contributing to open source uh, provides value to you uh, in terms of like a meritocracy being like whether or not what you are doing gives you merit so that you can have, um, you know, sort of like hierarchy of individuals in the organization. I definitely think that depends on each person's relative perspective of the value that's returned from that open source contribution. Um, Whereas a lot of people, like you can see in the BTC pay chats, like people will come in all the time and they'll say things like, I'm a little worried that BTC Pay is free. This is like a big one that comes up with like, um, you know, what's the catch? Like, I'm worried about you guys. Like, you need to start charging. And we're like, we're always like, why, why? And they're like, well, you know, you can't just volunteer forever. And we're all like, why not? <laughs> um, and so I think that like, there's sort of a spectrum of, um, like people's ability to perceive value um, being gained from open source contributions. I don't think that's like set in stone. It's not like, you know, you'll, you'll always be like that. But I certainly think that when you're just getting into like open source uh, space, you sort of don't really understand like the value that you can get from contributing. And once you are getting involved in a lot of open source projects, you realize that, um, you know, the things that you learn, the opportunities that you get from kind of like networking or even just like um, the skills that you learn of working on a project. It could be anything. Um, I definitely think that if you keep trying and you keep working at a project over time, um, basically you and your peers sort of like recognize collectively um who should receive more uh, merit in the project or whatever, you know, it becomes apparent. It's definitely like, you know, kind of like red hat philosophy of like, um, instead of this like corporate hierarchy, like separation of knowledge, like only the people at the top know the most. And then below that, they only know somewhat and below that they only know somewhat. And so then that hierarchy of information being shared it sort of creates this environment where like certain people aren't able to, you know, make choices about the organization because they don't have the big picture, but in an open source, like an open model, um, community style, like 
uh, development culture, um, it's really clear, like, you know, it, it's pretty clear if someone can do something, you know, we, they should do it. And it's just a lot easier when people can kind of self-identify uh, the problems that they want to solve and the tasks that they want to work on. And I think that in general, that meritocracy sort of just happens naturally. Excellent answer. I'm also curious around your earlier comment about sustainability, right? So you're saying that some people come in the chat and they say, oh, hang on, how can you guys keep doing this? You know, do you have any comments around the sustainability of BTC Pay Server and the team and the people working on it? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess in terms of sustainability, normally there's kind of like three parts to just any sustainable organization. Um, usually that's like, you know, the environment, um, the equity, so like the people involved and also like the economics. So obviously economics is a huge factor in like the sustainability of an organization. But I think that in terms of BTC pay, we just have this idea that we're building these tools because we need them and we're using them. This is like kind of the whole dog fooding philosophy. And so this idea of like the economics of sustainability in terms of this organization, I think kind of is not necessarily in terms of, you know, currency being taken in by the organization. It's more or less um, the contributors are getting paid in the value that they receive from contributing to the organization. And so the organization as a whole, I think, could certainly benefit from having more donations and more capital for sure. Um, I definitely think that it would be nice if we could have full-time employees contributing to the project. But I think that the whole idea of BTC Pay is that we're building solutions that we need. And that's each and every one of us. Um, whether you're just a merchant who installed BTC Pay, you know, and you're using it on your website, um, from that kind of person all the way to, you know, you know, core developers, like everyone's using it just because they need it. And personally, I don't necessarily think that people who are contributing to the project are doing it because they're expecting like a financial return on their investment. And in a lot of ways, um, there's kind of this idea in Bitcoin of like, um, what are you doing every single day to make the value of Bitcoin increase? Like, Sure, you can hold Bitcoin for sure. That's helping, definitely. But like besides that, like what are you doing every single day to make your own investment be worth more money? And contributing to open source projects, contributing to the community, contributing to the network by building tools, helping teach others, whether you're writing books, whatever it is, um, that's the real like return on your investment. And as soon as, you know, BTC pay is more widely used. I definitely think that there's an op opportunity for there to be more of like a service oriented aspect to BTC pay. But um, in terms of sustainability, I think that the contributors are all contributing just because there is enough value just contributing because we're all using the software. And a lot of people are just using it to learn. Like myself, I am I basically got into it just to learn about how to be a developer, to learn more about Bitcoin. Um, there's actually really cool kind of like development tools you can use where you can like pay a transaction to yourself using like the command line. I mean, pretty easy to set up and you can see the transaction gets approved, um, you know, and it goes like in, in a small mini network that you build. So you can mine your own block and then send, you know, send up money from that mining to your own self. It's really cool. Like if you want to learn more about like how transactions work behind the scenes, uh, it's definitely a great way to learn about Bitcoin. Transactions are like, I don't want to say, you know, it's like the bread and butter of Bitcoin, but um, it's definitely a way to kind of like zoom in on what's happening in the Bitcoin network from like a node perspective. Excellent. So I think there's a lot there. We can talk about the ways in which you can learn more about Bitcoin and also the ways in which you can contribute to some sort of project, whether that's an educational one, whether that's, you know, coding itself, 
let's talk a little bit about contribution to BTC Pay Server. And from your point of view, let's say there's a listener now and they're interested to try and be a part of BTC Pay Server. What should their next steps be? Well, first, I suggest looking at the documentation, docs.btcpayserver.org. Definitely looking at the documentation. There's some good articles in there that aren't like just BTC Pay tech stuff. Um, I wrote one article that is sort of like BTC Pay versus other payment processors. Uh, If you want to kind of just figure out like what BTC Pay is in terms of like comparison, you know, kind of start there. There's definitely lots of good FAQ questions, like general questions. But if you're, if you know what BTC Pay is, like you've seen it on Twitter or whatever, like you kind of know, you're like, okay, this seems cool. I want to contribute, but I don't know what to do. Like we've, we've all been there for sure. Um, Just come into the chats and, you know, come in any channel and just let us know like, Hey, I want to contribute. Like, um, Pav Linux has a job for you. Trust me. He's got, he's got like a whole list of things for anybody. <laughs> he's the, he's like a really cool, um, kind of like project manager person, um, that I really look up to. And if you tell him or me, anyone in the chat, like just come in and, you know, we'll usually say like, well, what do you like to do? Like, what are you good at? What do you want to learn? Um, cause there's just like a whole spectrum from like UX stuff. Like there's a channel just for UX and, and our website, like the btcpayserver.org website. Um, if you are a web developer and you have ideas, like come in and let us know like how we can make the website look better, look more official. Um, come in and let us know if you want to work on documentation or if you want to like, you know, improve our developer documentation just by you trying it out like that's a really good one um so essentially i'd say the process would be like check out the docs come into our chat you know say hi don't be shy um just let us know what you like to do and let us know like how you want to learn by using btc pay and we're happy to help get anybody started Excellent. And how about now if somebody is listening now and they either want to set up the store, a BTC Pay server themselves for a store, or they've got a friend and they want to try and get their friend to use BTC Pay server. How Do you have any tips for them? Yeah, definitely. Um, so if you think you want to set up BTC Pay and you think like you have a lot of friends that maybe would be interested too, but maybe you have to kind of lead the way. I feel like that's pretty common. Um, what you can actually do is you can set up a BTC pay server, um, you know, deploy it like to like deploy it to the cloud. You know, it's not that you don't need to have like physical stuff set up. It's pretty easy. Like we have a one click setup. Um, it's like $10 a month. And because you're the server owner, you can actually allow an unlimited number of other users like your friends to also create BTC pay accounts on your server. So the only real functionality that uh, they wouldn't be able to receive being on your server is that um, usually there's only one lightning network node per server. So, but everything else, like the point of sale system, crowdfunding, the payment requests I was mentioning, you can do all that stuff using someone else's server and it's really easy and yeah you can show your friends it's similar to how we do the demo server like on our website those demo servers you can create um, an account on those it's also similar to what we call third-party hosts um i know in bitcoin we're like very anti-third-party so it's kind of like you know we're not sure like about that term doesn't sound the best but um it essentially means that there are some providers currently who we have listed on BTC Pay Server website who provide or essentially allow users to register on their server. And mostly they're doing that um, out of the goodness of their heart to let people jumpstart the learning process of using BTC Pay. And if you get a chance and you, if you use any of the third-party hosts, like definitely consider making a donation to them for running a server on your behalf if you're using those services because um, it's a huge help for new users to be able to just, you know, register and start using BTC Pay and not having to, you know, 
wait for the blockchain to sync on your own server. That can take, it takes about two days um, using our one click, like the fast deployment method. Uh, and I guess we just clar- clarify here that even if it, if they are using a third-party host, they can still use a setup where they've got a hardware wallet with the private keys on it and that server doesn't actually hold the keys. It's just using the node from that. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's totally safe. There is actually a third-party host document in the documentation if you really want to see all the trade-offs. Um, you know, obviously there are some trade-offs. If you're not using your own full node, you always want to use your own full node. You know, that's kind of the secret to, to life, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it's totally safe, you know? Yeah. Great. And, uh, how would you just contrast the different deployment methods? So let's say I'm a new merchant. I don't know too much about Bitcoin. How should I think about the different deployment methods or uh, options available to me? Sure. Okay. Um, if you're a new if you're new to BTC Pay Server, I definitely recommend getting started with a third-party host. You can get set up in, you know, about 10, 20 minutes depending on um how easy it is for you to navigate your own wallet. Um it's really easy to set up, but if you're ready, like you are a merchant and you're ready to set it up for production, um I definitely recommend checking out the Luna node guide that is on the documentation. Um, We have basically like install scripts set up so you can just click a few buttons and everything will deploy. And that's the easiest way, in my opinion. If you really want to have like a lot more control, you can always use like the Azure deployment method. And there are other ways to deploy too. You can use like Google Cloud or um, AWS. So there's tons of different ways, but um, yeah, just take take it one step at a time. Like the worst thing you can do is like get overwhelmed and think like, oh my gosh, I have to make this whole server. Like this is way too hard. You know, like you don't have to do it on Raspberry Pi first if you don't want to. Like just check out the third party host or the demo sites. Like set everything up in 10 minutes it's not that hard like just check it out because once you do like you'll totally love it i know that like anyone who sees like the actual interface and everything you can do um you'll see like why we all think it's so cool awesome let's talk about the future of btc pay server what are your views on that in terms of uh let's talk about things like things that you would like to work on in the future um well i think that the apps that we have are definitely good for getting new users interested in BTC Pay. So by those apps, I'm referring to like the crowdfunding app or the point of sale system. Uh, Personally, I have a lot of experience in like food service industry. Like before I was an engineer, I was a waitress for a long time. So I'm really used to using a lot of point of sale systems. And I know how important they are, especially like in the U.S. here, like everyone is using, a, uh, you know, point of sale system, whether it's like Square or Clover, like basically it's all really standard stuff. And it would be nice to, you know, really build out the POS um, in ways that are helpful for a lot of the service related industries. Um, but as far as BTC Pay in general, from like a big perspective picture, I think that um, sort of taking BTC pay into like, sort of like a full node experience, like developing the full node experience is really important. And a lot of people probably don't use BTC pay and think like, oh, this is the full node experience. I don't think that's anyone's like conclusion, but it's kind of what it is. I mean, you're using, whether you're using your lightning node or just regular, um, Bitcoin node, you're sort of like, you know, using that and then NB Explorer, you know, is like watching the transactions and everything, which is the underlying like uh, UTXO tracker, which is a, like kind of a part of BTC Pay. And then BTC Pay kind of like takes all that information and, you know, populates like this app and it gives you all this cool functionality. And for me personally, I think like, building BTC pay in a way that like other developers can use it for their projects, um, is super important. And 
Um, I don't know exactly what those future projects are, but, uh, you know, things like being able to connect your BTC pay to services like BISC or being able to connect your BTC pay to other cool projects like Wasabi or something, you know, like, and in a way that's kind of just using your full node too. So I kind of see it definitely moving towards like, I don't really think it should be called a service, um, like support service, but in a way kind of like a base layer application on top of like Bitcoin that other projects can connect to easily and use. Yeah, it's really fascinating to hear um, some of these ideas around how, you know, it could be developed out further. I think that's pretty much all the questions I had. So look, before we let you go, where can the listeners, where can they find you and where can they send you all the fan mail? Uh, the fan mail. Um, <laughs> I'm on Twitter, I guess. Uh, it's Brit with five T's and then a K, I think, something like that. Um, otherwise, just come in one of the BTC paid chats. Um, I'm usually in there and... There's also, like I said, a really fun community. So like if you're on, I see a lot of people like on Twitter and stuff and they'll be like, what's something I can get into? I have free time. Like what's something I should learn? Like what's a project I should do? And like, if you're one of those people, um, come in, just come into the chat and see like some of the questions that people are asking. Like a lot of times it's just Bitcoin questions or just lightning questions and I think it's a really fun environment to just like help each other and um definitely come into the chats and say hi okay well i think that's pretty much it i've really enjoyed chatting with you thanks for coming on brit yeah thanks for having me and thanks for you know having the btc pay team on your podcast series so that concludes the btc pay service series we have heard now from rockstar dev pavlinex cooks and brit kelly also there is the earlier interview with nicola doria as well so hopefully you guys have got some insight into BTC Pay Server and you might be interested to contribute, whether that's development, whether that's translation, whether that's documentation or some other way, or maybe you just want to donate some sats to them as well. My hope is that the Bitcoiners out there are more comfortable to use it themselves and to recommend it to their friends and coach them through how to set it up. So hopefully you've got some value out of this series. Also, let me know what you guys think of this idea of doing interview series just generally, as I do have some ideas on series that I can do going forward. Anyway, if you want to subscribe to the podcast or get the show notes, remember you can find that at stefanlevera.com. Rate, review, and share it with your friends. Uh, any feedback, you can DM me on Twitter at stefanlevera or email me, stefanlevera at pm.me. That's it for me, guys. Thanks, and I'll speak to you soon.